We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle drew 1-1 with Chelsea on the last day of the Premier League season. What a season it has been. We are here to talk about yesterday in all its glory in the sunshine at Stamford Bridge. I'm Alex and I've got Charlotte, Sam Dalling and Stu alongside me. Now, Stu Montgomery's first True Faith Free podcast recording. So welcome, Stu. We're buzzing to have you. A couple of mentions from me as always. Number one, we're on Patreon. It's between three and eight pounds a month. You get all these shows ad free and you get fucking loads of Newcastle United podcasts over the summer coming get involved we're also going to keep these free shows going over the summer one per week so keep tuning in to the faith free podcast we would like that very very much i want to get into yesterday though charlotte i'm going to start with you my friend you were in the away end at stamford bridge from the tv from the internet it just looked like one hell of a party how was it for you yeah it was one hell of a party it was so loud i don't think i've been in a way end that loud um that consistently away ends are usually loud it's that 3000 strong um contingency of um you know die hard fans end of the season though sunny day a lot, about half of them just under half of them have been on these boats coming up the river um and uh the rest of them have been sort of sp- spread out all over london to kind of come together at fulham at chelsea um, Fulham being where Chelsea is, I'm not just getting that wrong, by the way. Um, and uh, and it was, it was just so loud. Uh, in the first half, I thought we might not stop singing at all. Like I was doing, I was editing our match day podcast for Patreon, um, last night, and I was like, I, like I don't know when stuff happened. We like to pick out parts of of when things happened. I don't know when it happened because the crowd was so loud, singing so many songs, um, loads from the um from the previous songbook of years gone by and loads of new ones obviously about the champions league or new old ones about the champions league new for a lot of people and it was it was just a class day out nothing was riding on it we were just excited to see the team look it was everything that i'd imagined it was going to be so often in football we spend like a lot of energy before stuff you know like the cup final that obviously didn't really happen it was just a dream we spent two weeks building up to it thinking it's going to be an occasion and it lets you down. But this one was just perfect. And it, I'm very lucky sometimes I get to go in press boxes at football. And actually, the last day of the season is the busiest because all 10 games are happening simultaneously. And I said, look, I'm not working because I don't want to miss this away end. And I made absolutely the right decision. Um, 
like brilliant, by the way, this random fixture computer that the Premier League has given us these West London away trips last game of the season. We had that lovely one at Fulham a few years back uh, under Rafa where we thought, okay, this this is going to be a time of change. Um, But there was still a little bit of apprehension there. We were like, oh, yeah, but Mike Ashley's still in charge, so maybe it'll go wrong. Yesterday, like everyone just had a party. Sun was shining. We're in the bars of West London or on the boats. Um, It was... Like everything in away end should be. Charlotte has nailed it. It was the consistency. Like away ends are always loud. It was just 90 minutes of enjoyment. There were some new songs as well. There was a new Anthony Gordon one. And by the way, you know, he must have been delighted to hear hear his name being sung for 90 odd minutes. Uh, and he popped up with the goal just to make sure we continued it. There was a new that uh, rocking out all over the world one with Eddie Howe and Jason Tyndall at the end. It was just perfect. And then those two, they're usually so reserved, Howe and Tyndall, but to see them, well, Tyndall isn't actually, that's a complete lie, but Howe is. To yeah, see him show cool. some emotion, <laughs> that punched of the air, it was just one punch, but it just meant so much. And the noise, the roar that got me greeted with was like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now that's why we follow football that's why we follow Newcastle United um and hopefully it's going to be the first of many yeah for, first of many I mean this is this is the difference with Newcastle United these days I mean you, you're right Sam that that end of the 18-19 season was was a similar kind of vibe and atmosphere we've had we've had some reasonable last days as it goes actually in the past few years but most of the time the games mean nothing but in the worst kind of way like almost like Chelsea's yesterday. I mean, we did have a chance to finish third yesterday, as it turns out. Um, you know, what whatever Newcastle have done wouldn't have mattered. I think it's a real a real shame. That's an exaggeration, but I do think we've been better than Manchester United this season. But that's what they say. The league table doesn't lie. It does. Clearly lies. Lies frequently, and particularly in this occasion, because I think Newcastle have been the third best team in the league. That's okay. It doesn't matter. It's about £1.8 million different. That's, that's the only thing. Um, but ultimately, it's, you know, I've talked consistently about how good it is to have Newcastle involved in these incredibly consequential fixtures it was actually um it was actually nice yesterday to just uh, job done easy as you like can kind of you know Miguel Moron can miss chances for fun it's absolutely fine it doesn't matter Anthony Gordon like you say we'll talk about him later Sam had a lovely old day um so I want to bring you in you know the, the 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 last day of the season it was baked in sunshine you know, how did you perceive what was going on? Not just in the stands, but on the pitch as well. It just seemed like it just seemed like the perfect end to what to what has been the best season. Yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, it reminded me of the last day of school, quite in a lot of ways. Um, even to the point of um, expectations were nice and low. No one really, you know, um, overly worried about things. There was a lovely sense of everyone being relaxed about things, and obviously not being at the game watching it on TV. Um it was just nice to 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 not you know be on tenterhooks watching a game. Um even Eddie Howe, you know, and Sam mentioned it there with a big fist pop a show of emotion. You know, Eddie Howe is that teacher that you know never really smiles or has a bit of crack all throughout the year and then the last day of term has a tie tied around his head and his pelting water balloons at sixth formers. You know, it was just so lovely to see that that him sort of it's almost as if we've been holding our breath all season not believing where we are and what we're doing and then we all had a sort of collective sort of letting go and that was reflected in what sam and charlotte have seen at the game um which was just phenomenal you know as a season it's been expectations shattering i think maybe the best way to put it um and we'll get into sort of general thoughts on on the season as a whole or, or, or what our final possession means for that but 
um it, it, it blew all of my expectations out of the water and uh I, uh I i couldn't be happier pride i suppose is one of the main things um i was extremely proud of of what they'd done you know throughout the season and it culminated in a game that, as you say meant very very little in the in the best possible way yeah absolutely absolutely and you know that that sense of pride really came across from the end it came across in the the build up to the game and also post game as well you know that's kind of two games in a row now where post game i mean you know Eddie Howe and the, the team they always do the post game thing home or away win lose a draw and that's fantastic and a big part of what they do but they just they just does seem to be this absolute sense of appreciation from fans to players and club from club to fans to players and and from players to to fans as well pretty powerful thing in fact i'm trying to think of kind of um last day of the season scenes yesterday that could probably match ours and even manchester city who've gone and won the league and yeah forget about the result for a minute and they've got more important things to do in the 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 weeks coming up i just think newcastle united are in a unique situation with the relationship between the fan base and the club at the minute and the players and that that probably was was nicely demonstrated by yesterday and the the game we are going to talk about the game in part two but it 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 was just completely inconsequential it's, it, it won't live long in the memory. The most important part of it was probably that as a, a very expensive signing uh, got his first Premier League goal and played pretty well. So I'm absolutely fine if we every single year at the end of the season could be in party mode like that. We'll be doing okay as a Premier League side. Going to move on now to part two of the show. A couple of adverts here. If you uh, if you don't want to listen, you know what to do. Patreon three pounds a month. Link in the description. Back after these. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sam, yesterday the game itself, then one-one draw. It was it was a strange game, and, and the the very strange commentary I listened to on TV kept talking about it being a very strange game, as if they'd never seen an end of season Premier League game before. What were your thoughts on the on the result, the game, anything like that? Is it fair enough to just say end of season game? That's it. What, what do you think, Paul? Yeah, I think it is. You know, you you look at who we were missing in that side. You could see we were missing bite in midfield. No, Joe Linton. No long staff, uh, no Joe Willock. Even we forget about him. Uh, it felt first half, you know, 
adequate look at the possession stats. I know we, we barely had any of the ball. It was similar numbers to Brighton. But, you know, that's what you should expect from a side against a side that cost half a billion quid at home. Um, like, and I've seen them a couple of times. They are decent. They just lack confidence in front of goal. That's been the thing with Chelsea. It's hard to properly kind of reflect on it because I was in that I was in such party mode there wasn't the tension only when the ball was very near our goal did I feel any sort of tension usually I'm kind of a bit of a nervous watcher even if we lose possession deep down the other end I'm worried um but you know I thought we were decent first half actually I thought we'd look like we'd score every time we went forward that share ping across to Maxi Maxi had a really good game I thought he did a couple of really good things defensively uh back in our own left back position I mean there was one time where he took a couple of players on and maybe if the game had had more riding on it you wouldn't have wanted him to do that but the share ball over to Maxi that ping diagonal ball that he played so well to Joe Linton earlier in the season uh, seemed to be working Isaac up top through the middle was good fun um, and I thought Anderson had a decent game actually got the assist it was a really good ball so there's a, a positive he played it across for Gordon so hopefully the first of many Gordon goals and the first of many Anderson assists but to get any real gauge on it it was one of those you can see it's played at almost pre-season pace like uh, there's not as many tackles flying in as you would see elsewhere like in in the previous couple of weeks so in, in terms of barometer you like uh not really massively telling, but they deserve it. You know, they've had 37 arduous games where they've poured anything, everything and anything into it. Uh, and we've gone to Chelsea and not lost. And we have a terrible record at Stamford Bridge. I remember seeing us win there in the Carling Cup. But since then, it's been slim pickings. I missed the Papis CC game, by the way. Stu, um, you know, Sam raises a lot of good points there. And, and I want to talk a little bit about, about Anthony Gordon, you know, he, he, he's come in in January. Eddie Howe, to facilitate that signing um, and satisfy financial fair play, had to get rid of players. He two, two players didn't want to lose. John Joe Shelby and Chris Wooden, I, I believe, reading some stuff over the weekend. That the only reason that those players go, even uh, regard, you know, regardless of the need to sign them to satisfy FFP for the signing of Gordon, is because both players said they wanted to go. He hasn't, ha- he hasn't let's face it, he hasn't had a great Newcastle career so far, has he? Uh, he's shown flashes. Manchester United at home when he came on. Brilliant game. I thought he was excellent there. West Ham away. Come on, did some good stuff. West Ham at home, actually. But he hasn't hit the heights yet. How important do you think yesterday was for him? Massive. Um, he downplayed it a wee bit. Um, I think High actually downplayed it a little bit. Um, but Gordon himself came out and said he was relieved. And you could see that on his face. He he was relieved when he scored in, in, as Sam says, a pretty inconsequential game. He was... He was very pumped about it. He was kissing the badge and all. He was definitely, definitely needed that, I think, for his own confidence. He's, he's just such an interesting player and it's such an interesting situation because he has all the attributes to be um, a properly world-class player. It's putting them all together and using them. I think whenever he, he did that walk around the... the um, the ground with you know meeting all the players and how he goes up to him and says we've been watching you for a long time i think everyone was saying well what what, what were you watching what part of it really appealed to, to high and to the, the newcastle recruitment team and i think it's the fact that he can play a lot of positions that he works hard that he's obviously very very pacey and you saw flashes of that yesterday he did work hard i think where I grew slightly frustrated with him is his decision making at times, where maybe he will win the ball back and then a bit like Maxi, you know, not not offload the pass or not get it in the right position. So I think 
And to be fair, Gordon acknowledged this yesterday himself. He needs a preseason. He needs to work with the team. He needs to work with high. He needs to um, embed himself into that core group of players. He is going to have a very difficult time breaking into that team, the first 11. Even now, he finds it difficult. And with the summer that we all anticipate we're about to have, that's going to be a massive, massive task. Um, so you know, the, the proof will be in the pudding there. If he is able to integrate himself and, and get on in his good graces and, and start in the team that we're hopefully going to have um, at the end of August, uh, he'll be some player. Well, I, I'm really pleased you referenced that post-match interview we did there. He, he's a really, really honest guy. It's quite refreshing. I don't know whether it's lack of media training. I don't know if it's too much media training. But he, he just kind of says what he thinks. And he said post-game, I think this was on UFC TV, he basically said that the, the step-up in quality coming from Everton to Newcastle was was massive. He didn't expect it, <laughs> which is way, you know, way to kind of just just twist that knife a little bit as your former <laughs> team are celebrating, staying up and running on the pitch and doing mad shit like that. Um, but he also said it had been a really hard season, uh, a really hard season from personally. And I, I quite like that honesty. Um, and, and you're right, Stu, that, that, that he did take that goal uh, really seriously and importantly, and, and he loved score. And I mean, the, the defending for the goal is, is probably up there with the worst ever defending I've ever seen from Premier League <laughs> side. Shame that didn't happen more often. And if Chelsea could continue to defend in that fashion next season, um, things will go well for us. But ultimately, you know, and Newcastle are still aren't the kind of team that can have like a flop, a big money flop. Uh, the finances and the financial fair play stipulations that we adhere to are too tight for Newcastle United to have a £45 million flop. Now, I don't think any serious Newcastle fan would be writing off Gordon from this season alone or calling him a flop yet. It's, it was absolutely too early. He's hardly had a chance to demonstrate what he can do. But it is really important that Newcastle United um, get a lot out of uh, an investment next season. And you, you are right, Stu. The first thing he's got to do is get in the team. And if he's if he's getting in the team, such as the quality Newcastle possess now in these wide areas, you'd expect that that to be enough from to be a serious force at this level. And it was great. And like one one of you said, possibly earlier, Sam, for, for him, it is it has got to be a little boost, little confidence boost to basically be kind of, you know, I don't know how they got to Stamford Bridge yesterday. I was going to say walk. They probably didn't walk. They probably got a bus or some sort <laughs> of transport. But uh, you know, the streets of London were just. The Anthony Gordon song yesterday. The warm up was the Anthony Gordon song yesterday. The first twenty minutes was the Anthony Gordon song yesterday, and then from the score, it is just kind of it was your day, Anthony, and I'm pleased that you got to experience it, mate. Um, we'll move on now, though, to another player I kind of want to celebrate a little bit under the radar yesterday, Charlotte. But uh, I've never seen this before uh, from Newcastle United, certainly. And although some players did drop into midfield and help out in midfield, Bruno Gamares was given the task yesterday of playing midfield by himself. He was the only midfielder. Mm-hmm. He, you know, we are missing three of our four, um, you know, mid- midfielders that we have. We don't have loads of them. Three of them were out in, in Willock, Longstaff and Joe Linton. Uh, he did it by himself, Charlotte. And I think I think that also speaks to just the, the not only the quality that he has, but the, the leadership characteristics that he have. Ultimately, uh, if you are asked who is Newcastle's most important player this season, in my opinion, you cannot look past Bruno Gamage. We did not win a game without him in the team. If he'd been fit and available for every game all season, who knows where we might have finished up. Your thoughts on him yesterday, Charlotte? Yeah, I think we'd have won the league. Um, I 
I mean, he's just amazing, isn't he? And and you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the leadership comment. That's kind of what I was going to say. Um, he was he was he was manning the midfield on his own yesterday. Obviously, he had Gordon there, but he's really uh, up and down the wings, not really doing a tremendous amount in in midfield. And Elliot Anderson, sort of same situation, really, because of the way we were set up and the way we were playing yesterday. Um, and and he's still and and he's still the player that attracts players so as soon as he gets the ball he's got a couple of Chelsea players on him you know Lampard may be a dreadful manager but he knows who to pick out and and say and who to tell his players to crowd and he didn't do that with Maxi for some reason but he did it with with Bruno so he didn't have tons of room and space but he still managed to kind of command that midfield um speak to his teammates understand the way that the game was going and he's also doing this with this ankle injury I think he said yesterday uh, or the day before that he, he was fine and then he posted this big long thing on his Instagram last night like it was like a carousel of, of of 10 pictures of how smashed up his ankle has been throughout this season um he's had a terrible time with it and um, the rumors that he needs an operation I don't know about that you'd have thought that he might have got sent like Nick Pope did before this game because we didn't really need him for this game so maybe he doesn't it's not that serious but he's clearly carrying an injury and he's clearly getting stomped on every single game um and still managing to produce the quality that he's producing and to command the midfield and to command the respect of opponents and his teammates and I thought he was absolutely excellent yesterday you know it's it's a very difficult job to be given to um, run midfield on your own um and and you wouldn't have thought it was a difficult job watching Bruno yeah, I mean, I was having a look at his numbers from yesterday. Six tackles slash interceptions combined. Like That's twice as many as our next best player. And given, you know, we didn't have very much of the ball, for him to do that on his own, the amount of ground he covers is phenomenal. And if he does have a bad ankle, which he pretty obviously does, because he goes down holding it a couple of times a game, uh, like, I just cannot wait to see him fully fit again and firing in that midfield. It was really interesting um, to me, at least that pre-game. He did uh, he did an interview with NUFC TV, and he was asked about his ankle, and he was like, "What? My ankle? It's fine. It's absolutely there's not nothing wrong with my ankle." And then he got like kicked on it <laughs> within ten minutes of the game, and was down for like six minutes writhing and agony, pointing <laughs> at his ankle to the physio. Like, I think Sam. Uh, well, no, Sam's just put in our little private chat here that Eddie Howe's ability to lie is seeping through the rest of the team so he is a great coach in more ways than one we have to talk though about uh lewis miley millie i don't miley. know one of you miley lewis miley yesterday uh, robbed of one of the great moments in the newcastle shirt the youngest ever player to represent newcastle in the premier league what a moment that would have been uh, it's he, he seems like a real promising talent he's been involved in the first team squad picture a lot in recent weeks this isn't just a reaction to injuries at the end of the season uh, he's been training with the first team loads Stu what did you make of his introduction and performance mate it was excellent uh, you know for his age and and uh, he showed a, an awful lot of confidence on the ball um a calm head admittedly it's as, as low a stake game as you can get so a, a nice you know environment to put him in and yes Stanford Bridge can be hostile but it certainly wasn't yesterday most of the players are playing in flip-flops at that point but it's it was still a, a really measured and composed performance he didn't look out of place I think it's the best um compliment that can place him and then a team that is placed fourth in the Premier League um and for a, a lad that's born in sorry everyone 2006 
Um, <laughs> I think that's I think that's really good. Um, he's attacking mid, so you know he, he, we need options there. You know, we're looking at like some Madison and players like that. He isn't attacking mid, and you just don't know if we're going to be an elite club and you know uh, moving up to that area of the Premier League, then bringing in players like Lewis Smiley, you know, from the youth system to come in and be worth fifty million, like Anthony Gordon and players like that. This is what we need to be doing. So it's really, really um, encouraging to see young players come in, fit into high style, fit into you know the team as a whole, and as I say, not look out of place. I think you can't underestimate. Like, look, it's twenty minutes. Uh, he's a young kid. The number of Premier League players that have got twenty minutes in a nothing game at the end of the season and never been seen again, like, is is huge. So uh, it's a moment he'll never forget. It's a moment his family will always cherish. I hope he pushes on. And I think it's a kind of wider point, isn't it? You're looking ahead at, at the future and European squads and because you've got this eight homegrown. It, it, there's, a, there's a double element to it. You've got to have eight homegrown, but you've also got to have, I think it's four that have been with the club for four years between the ages of 16 and 19 or something like that. I'm sorry if I'm misquoting that. Um, But to get these kind of players, to have an academy, we all remember the days, and to be honest, they're not that distant, of looking on various websites and saying, oh, the academy have been thrashed 7-1 again. They've been thrashed 8-1 again. If we can start producing more players, you know, someone like Longstaff has come through, he ticks that box. If we can, and I think we will, because Dan Ashworth and has come in and they're going to set it up so that we go all the way through the club so we are a proper football club. If we can have players like Lewis Smiley come in and be part of the first team squad, even if they're not playing regular games in the starting eleven, actually it's really important. You need them. There is a spot for them. And he's got three, four, five years before he actually even needs to be registered. Um, but I would love to see someone like him and a couple of others go that way rather than go the way of people like, I don't know, do you remember the likes of Adam Campbell? And I suppose Armstrong has done all right, but we've seen loads of players that have gone the other way. I hope Miley goes the right way, in inverted commas. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But what I will say to maybe, and I, you know, I don't doubt that you, you hope, what I'll say about Miley is that you know, he played against Vallecano when he was 16. He came on for on the bench um briefly he was on the he's been on the benches as a 16 year old when Newcastle did have more options across the season I think that how really sees something in this kid and there are lots of kids like you say who've who, who who don't quite make it at this level and this is a very high level at this football club right now and go on to have very good careers at other clubs Adam Armstrong being a, a classic case of one a guy who's had a very good championship and even a Premier League career didn't make it at Newcastle but the fact that you know he was only able to sign his first professional contract this month um, when he turned 17. That That's really, really young. So the, there are young players at 18, 19, 20, 21 who come in um, and get a chance, like you say, Sam, because it's an end of the season. I think to throw in a kid at 16 years old at St. James's Park and then, then a very young 17 in the Premier League, I think that they think there's something really, really special about this kid. And, and you are spot on, Sam, about the need for homegrown talent for European qualification reason. But also it was a big it was a big part of what we weren't doing pre-takeover. There's a chance that a child like like Lewis would have gone to Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester City. We would develop them and then another club would come in and pick them up as soon as possible because it makes perfect sense for that player to go elsewhere. It's one of the huge benefits of this takeover that we are now not only developing our own, but then producing them into the first team. You had, um, you know, Bobby Clark went to Liverpool, 
And then as Sam's just put in the comments, Gibson went to Everton. That should never happen again. For 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 good young northeast developed talent, and that's a that's a, a bigger thing about what happened yesterday is anything him coming on him looking at home like Stu says at that level a really really positive moment for me so can't wait to see more of what he does in pre-season um as well hopes he get hope he gets a chance you assume he might have to go on loan eventually to play some more first team football and develop but wow what a prospect and like I said earlier if that shot goes the other side of the crossbar it, it's one of the famous Newcastle moments so good day from but really unlucky uh, really lucky for him that uh, that I hit the bar. Let's move on now to part three of the show. A couple more adverts back straight after these. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The season is over. We have three free shows on True Faith this week, so we're going to do a full season review later in the week, out Thursday evening, probably. But I do have to talk about the season, the achievement, and everything that has happened so far so far this season. Charlotte, I want to start with you on this one. Um, ultimately, Newcastle United are a Champions League club. How do you feel that now it's the day after the last game of the season. How are you analysing, reflecting on on the longest of seasons, it feels like, because of the World Cup, but also just the best of seasons? Yeah, the longest of times, the best of times. It doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? It I, Honestly, I haven't... I was thinking about this last night because I took myself tea after the game um, and then t- to come and edit the, podca- the match day podcast. And I just... Um, I was kind of, I still, I feel almost a little bit numb still about it all. Like it's going to sink in over the next few days. Um, but I I feel tired. <laughs> so God knows how this incredible squad feels. Because the thing that I sort of get stuck on when I start thinking about it is we have had this insane season. We got to a cup final. Okay, the cup final wasn't the best game of our lives. Let's not dwell on it too much. But um, we got to a cup final. We have finished in a Champions League place just below Manchester United with the second best, second joint best defence league. Ooh, my words have come out all wrong there, but you know what I'm saying. Um, this is this is this far exceeds what I expected at the beginning of this season. And the thing that I keep getting stuck on is we've done that with basically the same players throughout the entire time. There has been very little rotation. There have been very very few signings that have got into the first team on a consistent basis. And I cannot believe it. Like that cannot be underplayed for me. I just think it needs kind of shouting from the rooftops. This team have put in 
their all and this management this manager head coach manager whatever you want to call him and his coaching squad have put in everything to this 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 season and you can see it and I know that we're going to build on that and we're going to go on to amazing things and yeah there is going to be personnel shift on on in, in at squad level over the summer there has to be but this it is it's like that end of school feeling it's that kind of we can breathe out now but as I start to reflect on the season I can't believe the effort that has been put in from this group of lads the end of school thing is an interesting way of looking at it isn't it it's I remember like school or university exam periods. I remember thinking, oh, I cannot wait for that last exam. I cannot wait for the feeling after the last exam. And then you'd walk out of the last exam and just feel like flat. Like, oh, well, I was, you kind of almost in your head, you're expecting just kind of like balloons and party poppers to go off. Yeah, the world is a brilliant place now. No more exams, right? This is the opposite. The season's finished and we've had our party down at Stamford Bridge and it's like oh my god now we've actually got to process what comes next it's at 31st of August we're going to find out three there's going to be three different cities we're going to get to visit as a Champions League club and that for the that's the first time in my adult lifetime that's going to have happened and I just like cannot wait like I'm, I'm I'm a very nervous flyer I don't fly unless I absolutely have to and I haven't flown I've used the pandemic as a little bit of an excuse so if true faith could sort me out some kind of Dennis Burkamp style arrangement whereby someone drives me <laughs> to the European away days that would be excellent Alex I just thought I'd put that in on air just to kind of hold you to it um but I just cannot wait and you mentioned it at the top of the show and I'm sorry to bring it back again but I think you cannot underestimate the connection between fans and players and that is so hard to get at Premier League level by the way they're so hard to get near it's all managed you can't get near them via press offices social media is half the time run by people who aren't the players themselves yet you could see they feel it too it means so much to them to be in the Champions League and I think that makes it a little bit extra special as if it wasn't special enough already all this is absolutely phenomenal, but at the heart of it, I'm a very petty man. And one of the things that's been probably the, the nicest for me is living outside of Newcastle and you know different country altogether. Um, I would wear a Newcastle shirt out or a jacket out and walk around the shops or go to the gym or whatever. And in the past, I would have had looks of pity, looks of like desperation. How can we help this poor individual? Things like that. Um, since this season has started, pretty much. Um, it's looks of like jealousy. I wouldn't go so far to say hatred, but real jealousy, real almost frustration. And it's from fans, I was assuming fans because they were on the shirts, Liverpool fans, Manchester United fans, Tottenham fans, all of these clubs that are completely rattled by what we've done. You know, not only have we done something they expected us to do, hence the terror, the takeover, um, but we've done it in a season, in one full season, and it just your mind can't help but jumping ahead and going, well, if we could do that in a season, you know, three years ahead of schedule or however long, you know, how many years they are ahead of schedule, what could we do next season? You know, we'll talk about a joke and like, let's take a run at a title. It's not really a joke, you know, if we spend the right money and we'll have the same consistency, the stats are there. So I think it's that sense of possibility that, that comes from such a, a wonderful season where you're not worried about relegation, where in fact you're worried about whether you can clinch 
Champions League qualification on a Monday or a Sunday. Um, it's it's just been utterly phenomenal. I mean, my expectations at the start of the season um, were uh, top eight and a cup run. I think it would probably be a bit a bit uh, uh, downplaying it a wee bit, but that we would have been kind of happy with that to be honest. So to to get Champions League qualification, get to a cup final, it um, it's just incredible and better than anything I could ever imagine. If I'm being perfectly honest. Well said by all three of you, and there is a lot to, to go into in terms of analysing this season, which is what we're going to do on our Patreon platform in the months to come. But I think I think there are a few stats that have jumped out at me this morning when preparing for this podcast. The, the biggest one, to be honest with you, the headline one is, is Newcastle lost the fewest games in the league. That's a remarkable thing to do. Manchester City also lost the same number of games. Everyone else, including Arsenal, including Manchester United, lost more games than Newcastle United. And, I, and I'll kind of always hold on to the fact that Newcastle, apart from Aston Villa, didn't deserve, in my opinion, to lose any of those games, uh, which which I don't think Manchester City can say about the games that they lost. I don't think Arsenal can say about the games that they lost. Newcastle lost two games at home this season to Liverpool and Arsenal in both fixes. Liverpool's goal, um, the opposition goalkeeper got mad of the match. That's that's the kind of football club I want to support. You can't win every game. You are, I mean, Liverpool had that kind of crazy five-year unbeaten run, but most teams lose the odd game at home. I'm all right with that, it happens. But if you're going to come at Winston James's Park, you, your goalkeeper better have the game of the season. And that, and that's what that's what happened ultimately. And that's that's really satisfying. But for me, the most impressive stat, the most interesting thing, is if you look at the top 10 sides, Newcastle scored four goals or more in a fixture against half of them. This isn't the bottom five. This isn't the bottom part of the league. Newcastle scored four goals or more in a game against Brighton, Villa, Spurs, Brentford and Fulham. All good football teams. Spurs in eighth place lost 14 games. I actually think Newcastle's 71 points isn't a fair reflection of the performances that they've put in this season. Newcastle topped the charts for most times hitting the crossbar and post. There are a lot of goals left out there by Newcastle this season and they have a plus goal difference of 35. It's too early to talk about next season yet, and it's too early to talk about what might happen. There's a lot more reflecting to do on the achievements of this season. But ultimately, Newcastle United, for me, are much closer to the teams above them than they are the chasing pack below. And that is extraordinary from Eddie Howe. Not just get us in the top four, but it's not, it's, this isn't an Everton top four. It's not a West Ham nearly moment. It's not a Leicester City even potentially because Newcastle are only the second team since 2006 to qualify for the Champions League um, outside of the traditional big six clubs in the Premier League era or the latter half of the Premier League era. I think Eddie Howe is building something and something that is going to get better and better and better. And it just it just makes it so exciting for next season. Sam, I'll do what we can for you, mate, but I have a feeling it might be uh, a few connecting buses and trains and stuff like that because I don't know who's going to drive you and it might take you about six days there and back. But Newcastle in the Champions League and that, that is all that matters. What an absolute pleasure it's been. Not going to say too much more because we've got so much more to come from True Faith on the free podcast this week alone. So I'm going to leave it there and say thanks very much to Charlotte, Sam and Stu. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you this morning. What a season, what a football club. If you like what we do, please come and join us on Patreon for between three and eight pounds a month. You know you want to. It's going to be a summer of fun talking about this season and beyond. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.